0: Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, August 9th, 2021. Stand up for your country. So Joe Biden's having a good summer. I mean, socially, politically, a little shaky. But he had nothing today. Nothing on the schedule. Put it on up. Uh, Nothing. (laughs) You think I'm making a joke? I'm not. So every day we get the president's schedule sent to us. And today they sent nothing. They wouldn't even say where he is, but my spies say he's in Delaware. He's in his little beach shack. Um, But that's all right, it's summer, I understand. But uh, I had an interesting conversation with a very wealthy man, one of the wealthiest men in the world, uh, a few days ago. And, you know, he knows all the people that work with Joe Biden. He says average business day for the president is about four hours. Now, I can't confirm that. I mean, I'm not there. I don't know. This guy isn't there. This is like third hand. But from what uh, we can see on the official schedule, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So Mr. Biden, obviously 78 years old and, uh, you know, gets tired. See, I never get tired. I don't. Uh, I don't know what this gene I have is. I'm not 78, but I'm up there, you know. All right. So on Friday, uh, the president was forced to uh, have a press conference about the v- Delta variant of COVID, which is unbelievably contagious. And here's what the president of the United States said. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. I know I've said that constantly and others have as well. The vaccination of the unvaccinated. You know, and it's needless, taking a needless toll on our country. You know, we have uh, roughly 350 million people vaccinated in the United States and billions around the world, and virtually no one's died because of that vaccination. Okay, so, uh, no. Uh, We have 331 million people here in the United States. That doesn't count. Illegal aliens, probably about 20 million more. It's about 350, uh, but they're not all vaccinated. So uh, Mr. Biden misspoke. Um, Just for your information, 68% of American adults are vaccinated or at least partially vaccinated. 68% that number will hit 70 by Labor Day. And that's a pretty good record, but we're still dealing with this uh, contagion on the Delta side. Now, the problem with uh, President Biden, the reason I ran that soundbite was not to make him look bad. I don't have to do that. Uh, It's that he doesn't, in his mind, hear what his mouth is saying. So I'm speaking to you right now, and I'm not reading a teleprompter. I'm just speaking to you. This is what we do every day. We speak to you because I am conversant with the subject matter. I don't need to write anything. I know what I'm talking about but my mind hears my words. So if I make a mistake or if I misspeak, I usually pick it up, not a hundred percent, but usually, but Joe Biden saying that 350 million people are vaccinated right away. That should have kicked in that. No, 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 no. I I have the number wrong. And we've seen this in the past. Now I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to put a label on it. I'm going to tell you that I do not believe, and I've said this before, that President Biden is in control of his thought process. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, By the way, of that uh, 68 percent vaccinated, no children under 12 are. That's all adults. So let's go over to uh, President Biden's pal, Barack Obama. So uh, the former president got a lot of heat. For holding a big party, 200 people showed up in a tent on Saturday night for his 60th birthday. Uh, there's some rap singer in the middle there between Barack and Michelle. Now, some people who hate Barack Obama went wild saying, oh, he's so irresponsible. Look at a hypocritical. This is nonsense. All right, so everybody who attended the Obama bash was vaccinated, had to prove it. And then on top of that, they tested him for COVID before they got on the property. So as far as I know, and I wrote this in the message of the day, uh, Mr. Obama paid all the bills himself out of his own pocket. And he wanted to have people over to celebrate his 60th birthday. So what? All right. I, I, you see, when you start to... Jab someone or the opposition, if you're conservative, he's a Democrat or whatever it may be, and you do it in a way that is unfair, and I think that is, then you lose credibility. You know, there's enough stuff to criticize Barack Obama on without going into his birthday party, I think. I mean, um, And if you read my message of the day and you disagree, it's Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill Bill just let me know. Okay, so uh, for those of you who care, and I don't think it's very many, I'll go through this quick. A party was at his 29-acre estate in Martha's Vineyard. That's nice. That's nice. Big tents out there. um, And all the guests were liberal. (laughs) All of them. Don't you think, Mr. President, I'm talking to you now, Barack Obama, right to you. Maybe we widen the circle a little bit, have a couple of people who may libertarian. Or, do they all have to? It's like a COVID test. You have to have a liberal test to go to the birth party. All, right. all of them. I got the guest list here. I mean, one's more liberal than the other. So I'm gonna, at the end of this program, I'm going to tell you about my, I didn't have a party, but I had a little gathering. I'm going to tell you about it. It's, Exactly 180 degrees opposite of what Barack Obama did. Now, one of the guests was John Kerry, who is the climate change czar. And by the way, tomorrow we're going to do a big exposition on global warming here. Climate change with the facts. All right. So spread the word. So John Kerry goes to party and the Daily Mail, perhaps the most irresponsible media outlet in the world, reports that Kerry flew in a private jet to Martha's Vineyard, and he's the climate czar. Now, he's done it before. Kerry has flown private before over to Europe, this and that. So I see this report, and then I see a torrent of slams against John Terry by the conservative movement. Look at him. What a hypocrite. Well, it's not true. It wasn't true. Kerry took the ferry to Martha's Vineyard because he has a place there. He didn't fly on private jet, And the State Department came out and said it. That was from the State Department. But the point I'm trying to make is the Daily Mail, which is just a piece of trash, they put it out and then it gets picked up by all the Internet sites. They don't check it. They know what the Daily Mail is. <laughs> Come on. But it's boom, 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 boom. And you're not going to hear anybody who criticized Kerry tonight say, oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake because of the Daily Mail. I believe what they put out. You see what I mean? Honest reporting is the essence of journalism and the only savior of this country. And and it just doesn't exist anymore. Okay, so the real important story is um, how much influence does Barack Obama have on Joe Biden? And he's he asked a lot. As I've said, um, his, one of his best friends is Susan Rice, who was a U.N. ambassador from the USA under Mr. Obama, and then the national security advisor from 13 to 17. She was the one who misled the world about Benghazi. You remember Susan Rice. Well, now she's Biden's director of domestic policy. Now, you know she's talking to Barack and Michelle Obama every day and because they were in power and I'm putting Michelle Obama in there because she's involved for eight years and, you know, Rice is sitting there going, what do you think? I'd do that. If I, I mean, if I had friends like that, I'd well, what do you think, right? So how much is Barack Obama, how much policy? Influences they you have. It's impossible. I'm working on this. But I have to get an inside person and not easy to do. But I, I would say a lot. All right, let's go to COVID. So I still get letters and I'm going to read a couple of them about people who are, you know, anti-vaccine and, and all that. And all I can say is we report the facts of COVID here. That's what we do. And then you can decide what to do with those facts. This Delta variant of COVID is more contagious than the original. It's obvious. 95% of the people who are getting the Delta variant are unvaccinated. That's it. Now, if you won't believe that, I don't know what to tell you. Those are hospitals reporting to Atlanta, all right? And the hospitals do their due diligence when someone comes in. So if you don't believe it, then you don't believe it. But it's like saying there are four seasons. Well, I'm not going to believe that. Okay, fine. So the Delta variant now is whipping around this country. And the people who are not vaccinated are getting it and spreading it to other non-vaccinated people. There are some vaccinated people, particularly with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, that are getting it, but usually a very mild case of it. OK, so that's the fact that that's your baseline. But now we have a big problem in children. All right. What are we going to do when the kids go back to school and some of them are already in session? Uh, are you going to make them wear masks? So I, I asked my staff and they did a very nice job of this to um, get some stats, and we got them from the American Academy of Pediatrics. So at the top of the line. So stat number one is that of all the cases of COVID since the beginning of the pandemic in the USA, children comprise 14%. That's under the age of 18, okay? So that's a very low number. 23 states have reported children being hospitalized because of COVID, but 27 states have had not one child in the hospital. That's, I didn't, that stat is pretty amazing. Okay? According to the CDC's COVID data tracker, as of August 8th, and today is the 9th, so that is yesterday, 3% of children ages 12 to 15 are vaccinated. That's all but they're not getting COVID or the Delta very much so far. Only 2% ages 16 to 70 are vaccinated. So that's 5% altogether of kids under the age of 18. Remember, if you're under the age of 12, you cannot get the vaccine because they haven't done enough studies to see um, if it's worthwhile or not. So um, the fact is that at this point, Children are, are seemingly resistant to the worst parts of COVID. And those who do get it, get it like the flu. So in UK, they did a study on the kids, 5 to 17. This is from the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health Journal. It said most children with COVID recover within a week. It's like the flu. But now you've got this hue and cry uh, to have the kids masked up in school. So I want to talk to uh, one of the best experts in the country of Baghdad. And he comes to us from Nashville, Tennessee, Dr. William Schaffner, is a professor of infectious diseases at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. First of all, in the stats that I just gave, did anything um, strike you, stand out?
1: Well, I'm, I have a great deal of respect, Bill, for the American Academy of Pediatrics, but I was surprised that a substantial number of states have not had any admissions of children for COVID to their hospitals. That seems anomalous. I would like to explain that. When he said, well, that, I, I mean, I, 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 that, that caught my eye too. That caught my eye. Because what's happened here in Tennessee just recently, let me give you just three quick numbers. In early Jul- July, we had about four children in all of the hospitals in Tennessee admitted with COVID, mid-July it went up to 17, and as of Friday, it was 27. So it's clearly increasing, and some of those children are in pediatric intensive care units, which is pretty darn unusual. Our commissioner of health, who's a pediatrician, is really worried about this. Uh, All
0: right, so you went from
1: four kids
0: to 27 kids with this uh, variant. And those are okay. those are human beings under the age of 18, correct? Correct. Okay. So that's still a very small number of the population in Tennessee. You're not. Um, and remember, again, I'll remind everybody: be 12, birth to 12, no vaccine. Okay, you don't get it. Right. But when there's an article in the uh, Wall Street Journal on the op-ed page by two esteemed doctors, and, and we checked them out, and they're very, very, you know, credible. They say that wearing a mask in most situations is more harm than good to the student, especially the teenage student. It's more harm than good so that that the cure is worse than the disease here. But you
1: don't believe that, do you? Well, first of all, let me tell you, of the two, I know one of them pretty well, and I do respect him. But his view is very different than that of the American Academy of Pediatrics, which undoubtedly your staff has told you has recommended that every child who goes to school uh, should be wearing a mask this fall. And I certainly agree with that. And the pediatricians here at uh, Vanderbilt certainly agree with that. So, uh, yeah, I'm I would have a different transmission
0: level is so low. Now, why? Why? And, and, you know, 27 states don't have any cases in those states where there isn't a lot of uh, Delta or COVID in general. Why would you impose that on children?
1: Well, first of all, I'm not sure about those numbers. I'd have to look at that again. Uh, Happy to do that with you sometime and the AAP. But I think what we're trying to do is uh, prevent cases. We don't know how much transmission is occurring. We can hold two thoughts in our mind at the same time. There may be a fair amount of low symptomatic spread that's not being tested, relatively few people getting sick, but as children come together in schools, we don't. We, what we want to do is avoid an explosion of cases in schools across the country. And of course, the, there are a number of ways to do that. Everybody who should be vaccinated should be vaccinated, and then what we do is, in addition, put another layer of protection out to reduce transmission, particularly to the youngsters.
0: I don't I, see. I disagree, and I'm not a medical person. I'm coming at it from a more uh, of a common sense point of view. So, what I would do, if I were the governor of any state. Would I would allow each school district to make the decision, and then parents would be involved in that. So if you wanted your child to wear a mask, then the child could wear the mask. But if you said no, the child didn't have to. I would require teachers in the classroom to be vaccinated. I would ap- absolutely do that. All right. And anybody, any adult on the campus would have to be vaccinated because you just don't want, you want to cut down any potential danger. And I would also require in a school district that has a spike or a school district that has a school itself, that then it would change. Um, and then the principal could say public health, we all have to wear masks or we're all off for the week. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a little bit better than one size fits all,
1: pardon the pun? Well, uh, first of all, we're a little bit closer than you might think. Uh, I like everything you said, and I would add something. If the local health department determines that there's a high rate of transmission in that community, then I think masks ought to be obligatory. No argument from
0: me. Um, If there's a high rate of transmission and a public health alert, which these people should be getting out. But otherwise, doctor, you're talking about the flu. So every year uh, kids get the flu and they're in the schools, and, and and you know, as the British study showed, you know, five days are out of the flu. And the and the downside of the mask is substantial. Last word.
1: Well, I don't think the downside of the mask is very substantial at all. And we have to remember: every child who's infected and, and gets sick for that family, it's a hundred percent. They've been over over 300 children that have died of COVID in the United States, we can keep that number even lower if, you know, we, we don't want it to grow. We want to keep that number as low as possible.
0: All right, Doc. Thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. It was very nice to talk to you. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, 265532. Thank you, Bill. Okay, Uh, Afghanistan. So it's going, and this is another Joe Biden thing. So right now, about a third of the country uh, is under Taliban control. Why? Because once the Americans pull out and pull back, the Afghan people don't trust the government to protect them. Now, I've been to Afghanistan. I understand the mentality. It's a tribalism place. Uh, very remote areas, uh, in the mountains, and, and the Taliban are everywhere. And they'll cut your head off, and they'll kill your children. So the population, without the United States backing it, is not going to fight the Taliban. Not. all right? They're outgunned, they're, they're afraid, it's awful. So Biden, as I suggested uh, about five months ago, should leave 2,000 special forces and personnel in Bagram Force base and should have the capacity to do airstrikes. Now, we are doing airstrikes, we the United States, but we're doing them from the Persian Gulf. I mean, we don't, that, there's nothing wrong with leaving 2,000 U.S. personnel in that country with air power to keep the country from falling to the Taliban, who will then partner up with ISIS and al-Qaeda. And those terror agencies will strengthen um, incredibly. And that's why we went in there and fought them in the first place. So in 20 years, uh, 9-11, 20th anniversary coming up, we're getting we're right back to where we were because Joe Biden can't figure this out. This is what frightens me about the man. Is, did what, is what I said, does anybody object to that? Anybody? Pentagon doesn't. They told Biden, hey, got to leave a residual force there. You got to do it or the country's going to fall. I just this is getting worse and worse and worse with this man in the White House. And and Trump wanted out of there, too. So just remember that Trump started the exit from Afghanistan. But I don't believe Trump. Seeing what we're seeing now wouldn't leave two or 3,000 troops in there. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll ask them about it in the uh, history show. Because by that time, Afghanistan will be under Taliban control. Let's go to the Olympics. Uh, Very proud of the USA athletes. Very proud. Congratulations to you all. So we won the medal deal, 113 medals, 39 gold, 41 silver, 33 bronze. China, right behind in gold, but I'm glad we beat those commies. 88 medals, 32 silver, um, 18 bronze. But we beat a pretty good margin overall, just one in the gold. So I hope nobody's executed by Beijing. Um, Japan at 27 gold, 14 silver, 70 bronze. Great Britain next, then Russia. So Putin, that's not a good showing, Putin. Since you pay every bill that those olympic athletes have russian government funds them gives them money you know gives them everything that's not so good (laughs) gloating 50 percent less watched the olympics than did four years ago yeah now here's why so bob costas was a genius at the olympics all right he wasn't there who was there can you name one commentator who was there I mean, I'm hearing the voices, but there was no panache. There was no star quality. And you need that. You know, in a two-week TV extravaganza, you you need somebody who's, like, famous and got credibility in the sports world to drive the train. There was no train driver, number one. Number two, a lot of traditional people uh, thought that the athletes were going to misbehave and disrespect their country, like Megan Rapinoe did. And the other one was uh, Raven Sanders. But they were the only ones. The rest of the athletes were magnificent. They waved the flag when they won. They were patriotic. They sang Star-Spangled Banner. I mean, it was great. So the people who thought it was going to be an anti-American show over there, roundly disappointed. In fact, no athlete from any country knelt during the country's national anthem. Even Greg Popovich, the men's basketball coach, didn't say a blanking word, okay, at the Olympics. Now, uh, footnote Megan Rapinoe, was hired by Subway to uh, push their sandwiches on uh, TV. And the franchise people are furious, livid. Because Megan's not real popular here in this country. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I like the subway tunas. Um, bread is loaded with sugar. That's the problem with them. Um, but I'll still go once in a while. But if Megan's in there in the subway, which, of course, she would never be, then I'm not going. All right, this is a terrible story. Chicago. Two police officers shot. Three arrested in the shooting, one at large. So 29-year-old Ella French, the female officer, dead. Okay? Shot dead. And her partner is in uh, critical condition. I think they're withholding his name. Uh, He may die. So after the shooting... Um, which was on the south side where all the gang shootings are, not all of them, but most of them, the uh, wounded police officer is taken to the Chicago Medical Center. All right. Now, this was early Sunday morning. They were shot. So there's a ton of police at the hospital. And who shows up? But Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She tries to visit the officer's intensive care. The officer's father, the wounded officer's father, a former Chicago PD, scolds, verbally scolds. And I understand he raised his voice. Mayor Lightfoot. The mayor didn't say anything. Didn't get into an argument. The police that were at the uh, room, the intensive care, all turned their backs on Mayor Lightfoot. Then she went downstairs and were more police, they all turned their backs on her. And the police union guy said, we hate her. Then she gave a press conference. We'll tape.
2: There are some who say that we do not do enough for the police and that we are handcuffing them from doing their jobs. There are others who say we do too much for the police, and that we never hold them accountable for what they do, particularly in black and brown neighborhoods. But all of this, I say,
0: stop. Just stop. Okay, so that sound by fine. Her performance, Lightfoot's performance, pathetic. Rahm Emanuel before her, pathetic. The governor of the state, pathetic. No wonder the cops hate you. All right? You don't stick up for them. You don't give them the ability to solve the problem. It's a disgrace. Over the weekend, at least, and this dot is going to go up, at least 75 people shot in Chicago. At least. Over the weekend. Including these police officers. This is what's going to have to happen. We the people, and that includes police, firefighters, military, everybody, are going to have to say, we don't like you anymore. Out. We're going to have to embarrass these people to get out. Because they're not solving any problems. And they won't, and they can't. Listen to this. So... On September 14th, recall election in California, my prediction is Governor Newsom gets tossed out of office. Why? Because he blew the pandemic. San Francisco is out of control. Los Angeles is out of control. Homeless problem, drug addiction problem, crime problem, illegal immigration problem, sanctuary cities, you name it, this guy has made it worse. So the people of California got enough signatures to recall him. And the polls say they're probably going to boot him. However, Hollywood is trying to ride to the rescue. So later on this week, there's going to be a virtual event to try to raise money for Newsom to buy TV ads to say, don't throw me out. The head of this effort is a guy named Jeffrey Katzenberg. You know who he is? Okay, so he's in with Steven Spielberg. And Spielberg couldn't be here because he was at Obama's party. So Katzenberg, they're big movie moguls. And here's what Katzenberg tweeted out. Quote, this is all part of Republican effort to delegitimize our election process and suppress the vote nationally. Jeffrey Katzenberg. Well, maybe you don't haven't figured this out. Jeff, but a recall is a vote. It's a vote. And the folks in California got it on a ballot. I know this is difficult for you, Jeff. I know, I know you've got to go to lunch. I know you got a to party tonight, but this is a vote where folks go and say yes or no to a governor who is about as incompetent as you are Jeff. I know that's why you like him. You're both incompetent. The movie industry is destroyed. Your buddy Barry Diller even said it. No one wants to see the movies you're putting out for two reasons. A, they're garbage and B, They have actors and performers who people despise, Jeff, because those are the only people you hire. People who think like you. And the folks aren't going to give you the 12 and 13 bucks anymore. The only people who go to the movies are the parents dragging the urchins in to keep them quiet for a couple of hours, watching some cartoon, and people on dates watching Avengers, 18, Fast and Furious, nap time, or whatever the latest crazy thing is. There's only one Hollywood star that anybody will pay to see. You know who that is? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. No more John Waynes, no more Clint Eastwoods, no more Clark Gables, no more Jimmy Stewart's. Gone. It's unbelievable. Anyway, if you want to give money to Jeff and uh, Gavin Newsom, You can do it on August 12th. Uh, There's another one. There's another one. Okay, so Roberta Kaplan, you don't know who she is, but she's a very nasty, nasty woman. She heads up, time's up. All right? Well, she had to quit today. She had to resign her presidency of time's up. Why? Because she helped, Andrew Cuomo trash. one of his accusers. Time's up. California wildfires. Worst in history. It's called the Dixie Wildfire. It's named after a street. So it's in rural counties, Butte, Lassen, Plumas, Tahama. And uh, this thing is now burning in an area as big as Maui, Hawaii. Fires damaged 589 buildings. Nobody's been killed because the California firefighters fighter are so skilled that they got everybody out because they understand where this thing is going, but it's only about what, 21% contained and it's been burning since early July. And now it's early August. So the L.A. Times and the rest of the progressive press are going, it's global warming, global warming. Might be. I mean, California climate is changing. And it's dry out there like crazy. So that's not insane to say that. But, ah. we're going to get into this, as I said, tomorrow on the climate change front. You know, all you people, um, I shouldn't say you people, but all Americans should keep an open mind to this climate change thing. You should listen to the data that rolls in, and we'll have some of it for you tomorrow. All right. This day in history, August 9th, 1969, Charles Manson and his followers murdered five people. Okay. They were actress Sharon Tate, who's pregnant, Abigail Folger, her boyfriend, Wojtek Frykowski, Jay Sebring, a hairdresser who was in the home, and a delivery boy. I forgot about this. Steven Perrin, 18 years old, had delivered food, and Manson's followers slaughtered them and then killed some other people. Okay. So they were quickly caught all except Tex Watson, who fled to Texas, and they were tried altogether. Now, remember, this happened 52 years ago today, the murders, the gruesome, bloody, knife-wielding murders. So, Manson was convicted of first-degree murder, sentenced to death. Even though he was not on the scene, he ordered it. All right? Susan Atkins... Sentenced to death, Leslie Van Houten, Patricia Krenwinkel, all sentenced to death. Watson tried separately. He was sentenced to death as well. But the next year, California abolished the death penalty. So Manson died in 2000, 2017. He was 83, cancer. Um, Atkins, Van Houten, and Krenwinkel still in prison. All right, Atkins, um, I'm sorry, Atkins died of brain cancer. 2009, she was 61. Van Houten, 71. Kremwinkel, 73. Um, they're still in prison, as is Tex Watson, 75. He's in a penitentiary in California as well. They'll never get out. I don't think. I don't think they'll ever get out. They shouldn't get out. I mean, even though you're young and you, you just don't do that. I mean, that's it. All right, we got a good mail segment and a final thought about a little gathering I had over the weekend. Right back.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty.
2: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Okay, let's go to the mail. Michael O'Sullivan, Reynoldsburg, Ohio. Bill, you've talked extensively about the benefits of getting vaxxed, and I agree. But here's what I don't understand. The left-wing Democrats are successfully pushing the story that 30% of Americans who have not been vaccinated are all right-wing Republican Trump supporters. So why hasn't Trump come out and publicly encouraged people to get vaxxed? He has. He did it a couple of weeks ago. I think he should do it every week. But he has. And you point out that that's what the progressive press is doing. And they're ignoring that 50 percent of African-Americans won't get vaxed. Catherine Cabuto, Haines City, Florida. Your comments on the administration, COVID are right. Politicization of the vaccine has caused too many common sense thinking individuals to reject the vaccine. If you're common sense now, if you're not vaxxed, you're going to get it, unless you stay in the house all the time. I don't know how much common sense there is to that. Bob Lempier, Quaker Hill, Connecticut. Mr. O, excellent show on the media exposing the corruption. I no longer watch any of the major networks because I don't trust them. I look forward to listening to the No Spin News every night. Well, thank you, Bob. I will give you an honest broadcast every day. Bob Longo, Spring Hill, Florida. Wow, what a media show. The content was so good, I had to pause it many times to get the info written down correctly. Good. We give a lot of stats here. It's good to write them down. Josie, concierge member, direct access to me. Bill, your new column called The Mob is very true. Martha, excellent column. Those woke folks couldn't handle George Patton. Their feelings would be hurt, or they would press charges on him for being a bully. Patton almost got cashiered, but I list all of the people who have helped America who would be canceled in my column, The Mob, posted on BillOReilly.com. Chris, concierge member, Bill, you're correct. The corporate media has never been more corrupt. Our founding fathers would be so disappointed. I would be. Maurice, your corrupt media report depressed me because I can't ever see it being fair again. It won't be. Luckily, we have the technology to to bring you me, bring you me and my independent news agency. Lola. It's a shame that people hear things and believe them and don't check them out. That is a shame. And just like the John Kerry thing. Oh, yeah, we'll believe what we want to believe. Bill Bell, Rogersville, Tennessee, with the NFL playing the Black National Anthem along with the National Anthem. I wonder how many players will take a knee. Nobody will take a knee anymore. The message is out. Don't do that. That's what's going on. Uh, Teresa Chris, Jacksonville, Florida. If Biden were found to be mentally unfit for office and removed by the 25th Amendment, Kamala Harris would be president. Who would be VP? She'd appoint somebody. Remember when Ford took over from Nixon, he appointed Nelson Rockefeller. Okay, in our store, we have 40% off Crazy Horse and Killing the Mom. You buy them together, 40% off. Great summer reading. I'm getting all kinds of letters thanking me for writing these books because people, in summer, you want to relax, you want to have a fun book, and you learn something. 40% off. Word of the day, do not be supercilious. Love this word. S-U-P-E-R-C-I-L-I-O-U-S when writing to BillOReilly.com. Back with a final thought moment.
2: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All
0: right, so I had a gathering, not a party, but I had a bunch of people come over to the house over the weekend for a little beach thing and pool thing, whatever. Very diverse crowd. Okay, all over the place on opinions, but no loons. It's a, my homes are no loon zones. No loons the loons don't want to be around me anyway and anyway the discussion was was really good i mean you know, i was the worst everybody else was you know um talking about sports and talking about climate or the ocean or business whatever anyway but i'm giving the little needle to the people who voted for biden like because i'm just just me i'm giving them a little needle all right and um uh, they took it good-naturedly. I mean, I'm sure in their mind, they're going, oh, what a jerk, or something like that. But I wasn't mean about it. I was funny about it. Like, we said, oh, how, long, how, many, how many hours do you think he's awake as opposed to being asleep? So Holly the terror dog, the corgi, she sleeps about 15 hours a day. I said, do you think Biden can match Holly the terror dog? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But unlike the Obama party that we talked about at the top of the broadcast, my little gathering, and people from all over the place. And it was so much more interesting to talk to people with different points of view, especially when they have a lot of humor. Humor is important. You want to hang with me, you got to, you know, you got to give to, And that's the kind of thing it is. So, Barack, as I said, you need to expand your universe here. Not all progressives. We'll see you again tomorrow.